Asanya is on Twitter at Asanya underscore. It's 12 minutes past uh, 2 o'clock. You know, the way Wendy teased this conversation, I mean, I've just been biting my nails in anticipation for uh, this conversation. We now join uh, a consumer journalist, Wendy Nola. Now, she has spent the past couple of weeks investigating a particular case and her investigations have finally been concluded. And uh, all she could say was that the story will be breaking on 702 in the course of this conversation. And she also described it as a standout case that demonstrates how deep consumer prejudice and abuse can actually go. She now joins us in our Cape Talk studios and we'll take your calls throughout this conversation with your questions. And maybe you've also been a victim similar to uh, the story, the case that we'll be looking at. It's 11 and 31702 for your SMSs and your WhatsApps and voice notes on 072-702-1702. Good afternoon, Wendy. Hello, Azza. Good to be with you this week. It yes. is indeed a, a humdinger of a story. And my challenge is going to be to summarize it because there is so much detail and wow. my challenge is going to be wow. to distill it down. So if I'm waffling on and giving you too much detail, just feel free to say, ah, ah, cut to the chase. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is this? It's a little bit, um, you know, I've been, I've been wallowing in the story, as you say, for a few weeks yeah, now. So you've been studying and every single piece of information. I've been trying to. Thoroughly. There's some gaps. Um, there's some gaps that I haven't got to yet and I don't think, um, we're ever going to, but, but the, the, the crux of the story, if I can jump right into it. Yes, let's get into here. the storytelling. Yes, we're okay, so back and we're the story, I don't know whether it's the start at the beginning or the end, but, but maybe <laughs> I should start with where it, where I came in. And that is, um, this a man approached me as I do. I mean, I get so many car complaints every day. They mm-hmm. stream in. And I began reading this one like, oh, yes, another car was bought, second-hand car from a dealership. Yes, yes, this problem, that problem. And my eyes just got bigger and bigger because he didn't tell me the punchline at the top. <laughs> okay. And the punchline is, maybe I should start there and work backwards, is that you will remember living in Gauteng, those terrible flash floods of um, November 2017 mm-hmm. with the cars floating down the streets. Yes, There's yes. Might have been one or two other flash floods since then, but that was a biggie. And a lot of cars, as you can imagine, got got uh, caught up in that. And mm-hmm. where did those cars land up? You'd think they would be written off and code three, which means um, they, sh- they they couldn't be put back to manufacturer's uh, specifications. They shouldn't be sold as a genuine uh Code two, which is a, um, an ordinary code two, which is, is a u- any used car is a, is a code two. Mm-hmm. But um, in fact, this car landed up being sold not once but twice and twice being uh, presenting problems and the owners not being able to get any joy from the same dealership and twice going to the motor industry ombudsman and both cases being ruled in favor of the complainant, the car owner and um, the dealership being ordered to take the car back. So wait, um, so it had an owner. What car is it, by the way? Okay, it's a little Fiat, a yes. 2014 Fiat 500 Arbat, which is the performance um, leg of of Fiat, like um, the M is for, for uh, AMG for Mercedes, and okay. M for BMW. Okay, right. but still, little little tiny little car. Um, so my complaint that the person who came to me bought it in June of last year. So wait, it had its, it had it had an owner and it was registered as a code two insured in the works. No, if yeah, there was new, insurance, new but owner. a regular kind of yes, uh, uh, sale. The and person then that the flash floods happened and this car was caught up in the floods and yes. the car was extensively damaged. The car, maybe we should carry on from there. So the car was ex, was ex, was written off mm. by Alexander Forbes. 
Um, and they, on the, the assessor's report, put it as a code three, which means that these cars are not financed by banks usually and they're not insured by insurance companies and they're usually sold for, you know, really much lower co- and nobody really wants to buy a code, two, a code three rather. Right. It, it suggests that there's been extensive um, structural and other damage. Mm-hmm. So somehow that car and my investigation, so that Alexander Forbes said they sold it to a particular auction house. The dealership involved, which is a daily selector car of, of Clarkstorp, they bought the car from another auctioneer. So that the car uh, changed hats. And somewhere along the line, someone fixed that car up clearly. They said they bought it as an ordinary code two. The paperwork did not say code three, which I found out is actually true. Hmm. Alexander Forbes said they originally thought it was a code three, but then they changed their minds and they put it on auction as a code two. Of course, insurers get more money for a code two than they do for a code three. Right. Um, so it's, bought by a woman called Ursula mm-hmm. and she developed she complained of a whole lot of problems with the car. Mm-hmm. The dealership didn't want to take responsibility so it went to the ombudsman and the ombudsman sided with her and said okay take back the car. It was taken back. Yeah. The dealership then says they tested it and there were no problems. They didn't think there were any issues with it and they put it back for sale which is where my guy in June of last year, Ridwan Ismail of Durban bought the car. He drove up to collect it and um, he then drove to Durban with it during at night. He says he's a, his night vision's not great, so he was doing a normal speed. Mm-hmm. And when he got to Durban, the, were, there were some problems with it. He complained about them, and long story short, he took them to an RMI-registered um, uh, workshop, and they, their report, um, July 2018, was booster gauge not working, rain sensor, auto lights not working. Sure. Headlights stay on permanently, electrical buzzing from wow. modules, discs and pairs to be replaced. On sp- upon stripping, wow. and here we get to it, the vehicle has been water damaged. Interior brackets and screws rusted, water residue under dash, water residue in fuse boxes, mm. burning smell while driving, no positive feedback from the ECU, that's the car's computer mm. um, unit. Right, so that's fairly extensive. Mm. Um, dealership uh, was the, went to the motor industry ombuds. They didn't see it used the previous ruling. The, the ombudsman says they've got to take each case on in its own merit. There could be different um, problems with it. Anyway, they also said, no, this car should be taken back from the dealership. Yeah. And that hadn't happened by the time he came to me. Right. Um, right. But what but when he what he had done when he came to me, and this is what the lesson for consumers because he had to do his own homework. Mm-hmm. He have it armed with that report from the dealership from the workshop rather saying all these these problems related to the water damage mm-hmm. he then started finding the previous owner so he found uh, the woman Ursula who had the car directly before him and had it taken back on the motor industry ombuds um, right. ruling and then he found um, what is his name now um, I've got so many notes here he found um, the person who um, had the car, who was driving the car, a Mr. Sheikh. Mm-hmm. He found him, um, and they exchanged notes. And I, I don't know if you saw in my, in my prep, as a, the picture of the car floating. He, he jumped out just in time and took a photo of his car floating down the street. Mm. And then sent us pictures of what it looked like after. There's just mud in the car, in the engine, sure. everywhere. And, um, and I then went to the one insurance company and to the, because uh, the, the car's currently insured by Hollard. And I said to them, did you not, um, is there no, this is the crux as I was there no database where you can go and you can see that another, um, 
insurer has written off a car yes, as yes. a code three. Was it financed? And, and it was financed was by West Bank. Um, West Bank said he tried to, Ridwan Ismail, uh, the current owner of the car, tried to get um, West Bank involved. And this is another interesting little quirk of the story. At that point, and also um, in response to the murder industry, Ombuds um, taking up the case, mm. the dealership sent a tracking report from the tracking device in the car, which they say it, um, they didn't take out of the car because the new owner was in a hurry to drive it back to Durban. Yeah. So without telling him, they sourced a, a report of his journey to Durban and they clocked him. It, it says that he was doing at some parts 254 kilometers an hour. He says at night, never mind at night, during the day he would never do that speed. And then he sent me some specs from the manufacturer Fiat that says that cause top speed is 205 so there's kilometers. no way yeah so this speeding speech. was then presented as um a sort of in defense by the dealership as a defense to saying all these problems well you know he's he is was that speeding. record credible is that report <laughs> credible of I, from that, the, as i say the tracking that's system? A, I, i'm not mentioning the tra- tracking company i haven't yet gone to them to oh, say okay. is this in fact the genuine um report it's mm-hmm. just a little a little sidebar that i definitely um want to cross cross that t and dot that i yes but um it is interesting. So the the dealership's response was the car was fine when we sold it to you, and you're the one um, that drove it. And you into and and you must the have caused state. the problem. So uh, speeding a car leading to a water damage engine that's that's anyway. The dealership has since re, uh, responded um, because you know I went to them and said how is it that somebody that's not in the motor industry can find out can a get the All take it to a workshop and find out that it was water damaged yes. and then b find the original owner and quick sticks couldn't. that says yes i nearly lost my life in that car i jumped out in, in time and it was swept away and he has a picture of it floating in the water and he has the assessor's report and all the rest Meaning, right. Wendy, let's, what? let's take a break. I want us yes. to, to take a, to pause it there because they, you've given us the picture, but it raises so I many need to questions. Do some responses, yes. Yeah, so many questions and the various, uh, areas or places in the story where there is undoubtedly, um, a, a, a breaking of the law that happened, undoubtedly. Well. Yes, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to the responses. Yes, let's take a break for now. And we want your questions as well, by the way. 011-883-0702-31702 for your SMSs and your WhatsApps on 0727021702. And this is a car that would someone would have been driving on our roads uh, in this kind of state and they would not have had joy as someone behind the steering wheel. So it poses a hell of a risk to their life, but also poses a risk to everybody else on the road. And how common is this question of Code 3 vehicles somehow miraculously coming back onto our roads? Um, so we'll ask some of these questions as far as what Wendy's managed to to unearth. But what's your experience been? Dash Cam GP says my hair's standing on end just listening to Wendy Nola. Dodgy dealers, he says. 702. Asanya Mosaka. Lines are always open. On 011-883-0702. It's 27 minutes past two. Wendy, we've got uh, texts, questions, as well as calls. Uh, let's start with uh, Raymond calling from Randburg. Hello, Raymond. Hey, how are you? Good. Welcome, Raymond. Uh, thank you so much for this wonderful topic. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of innocent souls, innocent people that are dying in our streets just because of some of our dealership was so greedy. You know, there's a lot of uh, Code 3 vehicles that are being sold. Some of them, they even go for, 
for cut off. Let's say the car was smashed, the roof is gone, hmm. and they'll cut the roof. They'll change everything from outside. You cannot see anything. Yeah. But when you move the the upholstery, the, the interior from inside, mm. that's when you realize. And if such thing happens, there will be no airbags from the sides of the cars. And it becomes so risky and very dangerous. I wonder, these auctions, some of them, there are guys whom they'll be selling these cars to. Right. And it's very right. dangerous for, for the consumers out there because they will just buy the car because the car is cheap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And some of them, if you check underneath, they'll be having uh, screws, not bolts, screws. Everything is tied by screws. Oh, and not bolts. What a pity. Uh, Raymond is in the panel beating business, actually. Um, oh, that's how funny. Yes. It's part of, yeah, I think we're almost on news break now, but I yeah. need to read you when we've got a couple of minutes just to uh, read you the um, dealership's response. But in short, um, although this first assessor's report says code three, um, as I say, Alexander Forbes has come back to me to say they revised that to a code two. So actually mm. this car was a code two because they said there was no actual uh, major structural damage of the kind that Raymond is talking about. Mm-hmm. So it was just the wiring and, and um, extensive water damage. But the point is, so this car then is sold from one auction house to another auction house and then lands up on that dealership floor in Clarkstorp as an ordinary code two vehicle. It is, it is, unconscionable for a consumer to buy a car as an ordinary used car with absolutely no disclosure around the fact that it was floating down a street once at the end of 2017 um, a year um, that that uh, whole engine uh, was six months earlier six months or whatever it was earlier Um, yes um, 18 months earlier so that is my, that's what I want to get into after the mm-hmm. news is okay. how is that possible to happen and how can we as consumers protect ourselves? Absolutely. And we'll get to that straight after the headlines. We're now joined by Rufilo Mpakanyani. Rufilo? 702. Asanya is on Twitter at Asanya underscore. 25 minutes to three. Some of your messages. Karen says, we were looking to buy a pre-owned car and were shocked at the state of some of them. One dealership in Kempton Park had a car with a badly cracked windscreen, missing side mirror and other obvious faults, but it came with a roadworthy certificate. Scary what is out there. That's signed by Karen. As we've been talking to renowned consumer journalist Wendy Nola pertaining to a case that she's been investigating for a couple of weeks and it still some has some areas that um, uh, some questions remain that Wendy is filling in and investigating but ultimately uh, the the most of the case the bulk of the case uh, uh, seems to be taking shape and it is a gross example a terrible example of consumer abuse let's go to John calling from uh, Mondio hello John yes hi Azania how are you well welcome John yeah so mine is similar case but it's actually for a commercial trailer right okay so i bought a commercial trailer from from a dealership uh, in boxberg and uh i used well it was it was resprayed and uh for some reason it was registered in 2019 i used the trailer month and i took it in for a routine uh, maintenance at one workshop mm. and the guy told me what a horrible condition this thing is he said the, the chassis is completely rotten it's got cracks everywhere this thing is not fit to be on the road yes you know, so you can imagine the horror I, I had after that because I'm using this uh, in a business and it's on the road. It's carrying uh, commercial heavy goods on a daily basis. Yes, and none um, of this was disclosed. 
none of this was disclosed. So I, I went, uh, I told the dealership that I need mean, to take this thing back because I cannot, it's not fit for purpose. Mm. So the dealer refused to, refused to take it back, basically. How long after, so, sorry to but in, John, how long after you bought it did you then take it back and say, I, I want a, a refund? After a month. Oh, no, that's well within CPA. You would have, you're absolutely yeah. legally entitled to your money back. And how long ago was this? Are you, do you still have the trailer? Yeah, it's still with me. How long ago did you buy it? Uh, just now, uh, beginning of March. Wow. Okay, I'd love to take that up for you if you uh, leave your details with the producer, John. I think that's a that's a very clear it's case. It's a clear case clear of a refund. Case. Yeah, the, it's not it's not fit for purpose, and he was sold without any dis- sold it without any disclosure. Right. And it's he's within yeah. the golden six month CPA yeah. warranty period. Um, so that's a slam dunk based on what you've told me, John. So let me have a go if you okay. if you if you're up for it. No, so, I, you know, it will also be interesting to find out how it got the road with That's, that's the that's other it. thing. That's it. Yes. John, stay listening, but stay on the line, and um, we will uh, connect you with Wendy. So Kabazela will take your details. Just stay on the line, okay? That's John out in Mondio. So, Wendy, let's get back to some of these matters about how a Code 3 car, yes, Alexander Forbes did uh, uh, change Revise it to the code. code. Two. Mm-hmm. So you see, the de- so the dealership, um, they gave me a response via their lawyer. This is Daily Inspector Carve. Clarkstorp. They said, uh, we've been instructed by Henry Fuller, who's the after-sales manager of our client, to respond to your queries. Uh, it is our instruction that the agreement with Mrs. Krobler, now she's the one who bought the car so, yes, first, mm-hmm. um, and then found all the problems and and went to the mid-industry ombudsman. That w- agreement was cancelled in view of the problems she experienced, experienced with the vehicle. The problems she pointed out had to be considered in order to accommodate her. Um, the agreement was cancelled. Um, the vehicle was taken to a service center who inspected the vehicle and intended to all the mechanical and electrical issues of the vehicle. It was driven by Mr. Fuller for several days and the problems did not reoccur, re- reoccur nor were there any new problems and that's why they put it back on the showroom to be sold. Mm-hmm. Um, our client was not aware that the vehicle was a Code 3 and will never purchase Code 3 vehicles for the mere fact that Code 3 vehicles have a history and cannot be financed. Um, they say they bought the vehicle from an auction house, which is not the same auction house that Alex- Alexander Fords sold it to. And our client was provided with a certificate of registration, which also indicates that it's a used vehicle, not a Code 3. They're not dealing with those um, auctioneers that they bought from any longer as a result of this. Hmm. Um, they've now spoken to Alexander Forbes, and um, we can only speculate as to what transpired um at uh, a salvage yard mm-hmm. um, as the vehicle was put back into circulation with registration documents indica- indi- incorrectly indicating that it's a used vehicle whilst being Code 3. Well, Alexander Ford has explained that they now did actually revise that to a Code 2. Um, and we are investigating the, the matter. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's mainly the, the crux of it. And they say, you know, we... we yeah, they're absorbing, absolving themselves of uh, they, so, any kind of culpability. So they, they did, in fact, it wasn't... You know, they, they bought the vehicle as a, as a Code 2 repaired. Yes. Um, and, and clearly there's a... And Alexander Forbes has confirmed that they bought it as a Code... Okay. Uh, that they, they, they sold it to the first auction house as a Code 2. Hollard, the current insurer, has said... They didn't know it was um, any of its history. They just thought it was a Code 2 car. And um, West Bank, who's financing the car, said the same thing. My issue is, though, um, (laughs) 
should that car have been a code three or a code two? And, 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 you know, was that this is solely up to the assessor, by the way. And you can see they flip flop from a mm-hmm, code three mm-hmm. to a code two. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this car was water damaged is then how easy was it for that fact to be covered up? Yeah, okay. Yeah. To the point that it got to the showroom floor. And then where are the checks? Mm. Where are the, where are the, what are the checks available to, to the bankers, to the insurers, to the dealerships about the history of these cars? And, and what's available to consumers? Are we just buying blind? And the unfortunate answer, the short answer is yes. We do so had, seem to be buying blind. And even the lengths to which uh, Ridwan had to go to get yes. the car history, which is something that should be powerful, of course, when you're buying a vehicle. Well, this is what I'm saying is if he could find that out quite easily and if one inspection by a workshop that he took the vehicle to revealed that it was, had extensive water damage, it was rust, there was water residue, there was yes, all that, the yes. wiring was was problematic. Why is that not being done by the, by the industry, Absolutely. by the dealership yes. that you, is, is, is obviously putting a premium on that car to sell? You assume, I mean, the service and delivery fee was was a few thousand rand and that covers, you know, that's contentious in itself as we've just talked about on this show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the consumer's paying hand over fist. He's paid 190,000 rand for a car that was, you know, 2014. It wasn't a bargain price. No, it's not. Um, but is this, so this a, is the problem. Is a seller legally required to tell you that the vehicle is or was code three? And if, even in that process, let's remove this particular vehicle. But if a car was code three, it's, me, it, 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 it's not going to get back into the, the car market. Um, Yes, so it should be on the registration documents then. Right. So, so the, 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 the West Banks of the world would see that and won't finances in most mm-hmm. cases. And the, the insurers don't want to, they know the risks that come, they know what it takes for a car to be, to be, um, uh, re, um, coded code three. Okay. So they're not going to touch it because the risk is too high for them. But, um, the fact is that these, these badly damaged cars, I had a case last year, that I published in August, um, where, um, a chap by the name of, um, Prince Mishinini, mm-hmm. he bought a secondhand figure from a, from a, um, car dealership in George. It broke down three months later. Um, and then he found out that the car had been written off by another insurer a few months earlier. He then traced the pictures and he, I published this picture. It's a complete mess, the front end of this car. Sure. And, um, the dealership said he didn't, the dealer said he had no way he bought it from a private dealer and he won't do business with them anymore. This is the argument. This is the response you normally get. Mm. Um, and then I started trolling the auction sites like auction nation. And you see these cars that are really badly messed up and they code twos. And I'm told, well, you can't see structurally if it's, you know, sometimes the structural damage isn't that bad. So it can be a code two. But my point is the consumer is never told. Gee whiz, this car was written off. This car was in such sure, a bad front sure. end and it's been fixed up. Um, and then have the opportunity to say, well, actually, maybe not. Mm-mm. The point is mm. that the consumer is buying blind. And had, if the consumer knew, that's where the injustice is. If the consumer knew what this car had gone through. You'd make through, an informed decision. Absolutely. You would make an informed decision. So exactly. Let me just share some of the WhatsApps coming in. Um, Tatua from Midrand says, I bought a Fortuna from a car dealership in Pretoria. I took the car Toyota, car Toyota, about, it took, 
two Toyota two weeks later and it was discovered the vehicle was uh, had been written off. When I approached the car dealer, I was bullied and told they are not accountable. I ended up walking away with the scrap vehicle, which was which has a horrendous suspe- uh, suspension. Um, and then another one says, a few years back, my car was involved in an accident, went uh, uh, off the road at 120 kilometers per hour and rolled twice. Uh, correctly, it was written off by an insurance company, Hollard in this case. Shortly after, I was aggressively approached and rebuked for not paying the annual license. Clearly, someone was trying to see the vehicle again. This one comes from Ian. So perhaps there are people, operators who are sitting with these lists and it's in their interest that someone like Ian renew the license, feel that pressure, be victim or, or be intimidated into renewing the license so they can go on to do other things uh, with it. And then uh, one says, I've seen a Code 3 vehicle that actually got its roadworthiness, <laughs> but the chassis is bent beyond repair. That's definitely Code 3, yeah. The car had fallen off a train on the way from the factory, apparently, and the car's windscreen front cracks every few months and the steering is totally messed because up, as well cars... as road handling. That is the yeah. type of vehicle that can pass the test, hence the reason that um, any same dealer won't buy a Code 3 to resell and that insurer will ask for huge premium in insurance. Um, let's go to James in Bedford View with the question. Hello, James. It's a quick one. Yep. Um, you know that the insurance companies create part of the problem because when a car is written off, they are sold to a company called SND. Now, if the vehicle has never been deregistered mm-hmm. and it still sits as a used code 2, and they go and fix this vehicle in a bad way and then resell it, and that's probably what happened to the Clark Stop car, yeah. and it's never been deregistered. So every write-off that an insurance company writes mm. should be deregistered and listed as a write-off. Right. So then when it comes back, then it is a genuine bona fide code C, a rebuild. Okay, got And you. that's part of the problem. So anybody writes their car off and doesn't say go to the uh, licensing department and, 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 reg- uh, and record the fact that it's a write-off, mm-hmm. that's how these code twos. Now, why do they do that? It's simple. If you sell a car from SMD to a private buyer on auction or whatever, a code two will fetch a higher price with a code three. Oh, of course, That's what of I course, said earlier. of course. James, thank that- you for the for the call. An interesting one where about written off cars. Written off cars doesn't mean the car is extensively damaged. It's the coding that tells you the t- condition of a car. If you think of a car that's a few, to be written off the car is in most cases the the number varies, but it, the insurer says it's the repairs are more than seventy percent of the value of the of a car. Right. So I drive a fairly old car. I would my car would be written off with very minor damage because the repairs are expensive and the car's relatively as value has dropped significantly to under a hundred thousand. So mm-hmm. it's it's it it wouldn't mean that the car couldn't be fixed up beautifully um and and still um it'd be safe on the road. So the word written off is a little bit um it's, it doesn't mean in every case that the car is smashed up and damaged to the point that it wouldn't be, sa- it couldn't, can't be yes. safely restored and put on the road. It's about the coding, whether it's a code two and a code three. Uh, and uh, I approached a lot of insurance companies because on the auction nation site, you can see which insurer the mm. car has come from. And I, pro- I took the worst pictures of code twos and I said, 
how is this car possibly a code two? And they said, well, it's, you know, it's hard to yes, see yes, the naked yes. eye and our assessors, um, are pretty, know what they're doing. And, but again, I mean, you, that car, the consumer has, has no, um, idea of. And Ross Stewart of TransUnion Auto Information Solutions told me that currently, there is no comprehensive or central database that records the history of accident damage to vehicles. That data is split between panel shops, insurers, and the like, but there is no accident history mm. database which is accessible to the consumer, and therein lies the problem. Absolutely. We and need what to about do our cars homework. Um, that have been stolen, Wendy, because they are also, you know, you know the That's expression story. Uh, that uh, drive it like you stole it. So yes. often when if the police do find it... Um, you know, the, they the often, insurance decision. They often the, will put them as, co- as, as yeah, code three. Code yeah. three, yes. And often, um, those, that paperwork also, um, doesn't go the way it should. And so an unsuspecting consumer can, can then buy that car. So really the, the, the advice out of Ridwan Ismail's experience with this Fiat, which mm. I should say, mm. um, is now being taken back by the dealership. Mm-hmm. They are ma- paying all his costs putting him back into the position that he was beforehand. Good. So that's very good news. Good. Um, and your tips, Wendy, just a quick rundown. Okay, quick rundown. Wrap. So be- do this before you buy the car, not afters when you get problems. <laughs> get, it, get it checked out by a third-party inspection center such as DECRA and specifically ask them to look for signs of major accident or water damage given all the floods we've had sure. if you, in Durban and Joburg. Um, test drive the car in a variety of conditions from low to high speed. Drive it, don't just drive low speeds, get up to over 100 so you can see the handling and whether the car shakes to, to hell or not. Mm-hmm. Um, alignment, mm-hmm. look out for obvious um, misalignment of body panels. L- always look at the car in very good light. Don't be, don't buy a car in poor light. Um, if the engine bay wall is clean on the one side but dirty on the other, obviously you're now looking at panels being replaced. Crooked bumpers indicate trauma. Look for messy wiring, non-matching panels. Take someone who knows what they're doing. Take right. somebody that's in the trade if you can find one. Okay. Source the cards catalog online or at the dealership to see if the paint color aligns with the manufacturer's color options. Dead giveaway if that color was never a it choice of the manufacturer. <laughs> and some cars such as BMW store data of the key in the key's memory. So ask that key be sent to a BMW dealership for a report. Okay. Um, and that came to me from somebody, all that advice from somebody who's in the industry and knows all the tricks. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you, Asa. What a relief, at least now, people like because Peyton, yeah, who says that I'm looking to buy a car soon and Wendy's making me really scared <laughs> that I might oh, get a sorry, car. Sorry, I'm trying to. The knowledge is power. <laughs> Absolutely. Peyton. So I think those last couple of tips, Peyton, uh, should stand you in good stead as you pick out your vehicle. Thanks again, Wendy. Thanks, Asa.